Welcome to Screen Blend. This week on Screen Blend, we talk about some of the biggest gaming headlines and go into an in-depth discussion on James Blond. Who will play him next? What do we think of some of the movies? And then what will happen in No Time to Die? Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Screen Blend. I'm Jack, and this is my co-host, Will Cutts. Welcome to another episode, episode five today. How, do you, how are you feeling, Will? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good, mate. Uh, again, as always, a bit of a weird time, but very happy to talk about our main topic for today. And it's uh, been a good amount of, I'd actually have to say, like good weekend and um, getting into everything. Now, news is still not not massive at the moment, but no. we're, we're pushing on and it's an interesting topic we're going to talk about today. Um, something that sort of started this trend of movies sort of stopping. Was this movie what we're going to talk about today supposed to be out by now? Um, it was. It was meant to come out April second in the UK and yeah. April six here in Australia. Yeah. yeah so, so. Uh, in a different world, in a different time, we would have already been seeing this, and we probably would have spoken about this on one episode one or two, if yeah. we still. Uh, but it's a really interesting topic today, and a bit of news. But hopefully, you've been all right too, mate. Everything's everything's good with you. Yep. Yep. I've yeah had a good time. Yeah, had a good weekend, and yeah, no, everything's perfect. Easy. So we're going to slide straight into the news, mate. Uh, not as much as. Again, as in the first couple of episodes, news is sort of drip feeding at the moment. Um, a lot of stuff is just slowly coming out regarding some movies. A lot of Marvel stuff, DC stuff still. But you've got a couple of games things to start us off with, Jack. Yeah, yeah. so on the games front, we've got a Crisis Remaster, which was a massive sci-fi first-person shooter in 2007. And it had sequels in 2010 and 2013 as well. Um, but just the first one's being remade. And back in the day, this was like a huge game. Yeah. And it was the kind of the peaking point for if your game, if your computer could run Crisis, your computer was almost top of the line. Okay. Because the graphics were incredible for this game back in the day. So if this gets remade, you know, I think a lot of, you know, people are hoping that the graphics have, you know, been brought up to a 2020 level on the same way they were on the 2007 original. Oh, interesting, interesting. Mm. So mm. for that there, is that a, again, I'm not a massive Crisis fan and I'll, I'll say that <laughs> straight away, but I'll ask the question of the people who don't know. That's what I bring to this podcast, Jack. Uh, so is this, again, 07, might have not had as much online play. Is this more story-based or do you feel like they could remaster this and bring it to a bit of an online play because that's sort of what everyone's doing at the moment? Um, the, the, they did have online play originally. I can't speak for the first one, but I know the sequels did. Um, so they might implement this into the original, but I think for the remake, they're just going for the more of the graphics upgrade yeah. and maybe some gameplay elements okay. just to keep it up with modern standards. Interesting, interesting. You said there's, they've released another free game also. I think Sony yes, is a part yeah. of their stay at home. Well, actually, this one's not part of Sony, oh. actually. Um, this one's Just Cause 4, which mm -hmm. is free on the Epic Store until April 24th. Okay. So that's another kind of third-person open-world uh, game. And it's a similar, you know, speaking of Fast and Furious, it's a very similar one. You know, you can tie cars to ropes and cast to helicopters, and it's just a free sandbox where you can pretty much yeah. do anything. You've probably yeah. seen it. Before. I have seen it, yeah. It's one of those ones that's sort of always been on my sort of third on the list to, to yeah. sort of get that sort of franchise and play. But then something else will just come out and then it just sort of jumps it. So each time it sort of just chills where, where it is on my list, sort of like on some people have like a a bookshelf that they haven't touched yet and everything yeah, yeah. Sort of sits there but the new one comes out and you just don't have time to really, really get onto it. So that would be interesting. And when it's free, I think in, in all these situations right now is if you've got it or you can get it, you might as well have it, give it a shot, yeah. play it for a day. If you don't, you've got nothing to lose. Uh, like we spoke on an episode 
previously. Again, you can spend the majority of games now anyway are pretty cheap um, that are on the mm. stores and there's always percentages off. If you find the right time, you can find a good price. But anything that's free, you might as well give it a shot and you haven't lost anything. Maybe just time. Just yeah. Time. <laughs> I can tell you Just Cause 4 would probably be a good way to spend, you know, yeah. eight, 10 hours yeah. in my opinion. So maybe more. Yeah. Uh, and then other news, we've got a, on the movie front, unlike yeah. the games, we've got a Green Hornet and Kato potential remake yeah. um, after the 2011 Seth Rogen film of the same name. So I'm not sure about you, but what did you think of the Green Hornet with Seth Rogen when it came out? You know, oh, I haven't seen nine it years since ago. I reckon it came out. Oh, so yeah. be ten, would that be 10 years now? Yeah, yeah, I think it was 2011. So yeah, approaching 10. Yep. Uh, let's have a look. Yeah, it was 2011. So I hmm. can't overly remember it too well, but it was not one of my favourites of that time. Um, no. And again, I'm just looking at here, it cost $120 million to make. Where did that budget go? I do not know. <laughs> Seth Rogen's um, salary. Yeah, exactly. Because for me, from what I remember, that does not look like $120 uh, million. Made at the box off $230, let us say. So in the end, it hasn't even broken even by far so for something like this again it's probably better to jump to a lesser budget um and play off that way and see if you can make money and go again i'm not too familiar with the character on this one so i won't make too many comments but it's a it is an interesting one i'd have to say it's yeah yeah i'm not clamoring for it though so if there's there's a many of other uh Comics or movies I would rather watch before that one even even comes out. Yeah, I don't know where they would get the demand from if they were to, you know, put in the budget. But if they did it on a significantly smaller budget and I guess replace Seth Rogen, I guess the first one relied on his kind of vulgar humour to kind of carry the film. Yeah. But if they choose someone a bit more original and kind of make a proper origin story, a bit like MCU but not MCU, I think, you know, something might good might come out of it. I don't yeah, know. We'll just have to see for that one. Yeah, I think so. And that's one of those ones that I feel like I can already see and might be in development hell for a, for a very long time. But Universal mm. are losing uh, rights to a number of productions and over time anyway. So this is a character they could see maybe becomes a franchise. Again, we'll have to wait and see. What's next, Mace? Um, well, as you said, uh, Comic-Con has, um, San Diego Comic-Con in San Francisco has been officially cancelled. Yeah. San Diego, sorry. San Diego, Has yeah. been officially cancelled. Um, so yeah, no, that's a massive bummer for all those people who are planning to go, but it's probably, you know, for the, for the best, I think, safety uh, reasons. I think there's, there's the big safety reasons for all of this stuff. And we spoke about it on a previous episode regarding, do you have this stuff online with say Gamescon and uh, a couple of other conventions like that? I think we're going to get to the point soon where there's no, like, we're struggling to even find any news at the moment is there's going to be nothing to to release out and, and put out at, at Comic-Con. So for a Marvel, they would have probably hoped that they'd had two or three trailers out for Eternals right now. Obviously Black Widow would be out, so they could be commenting on a, a number of things like that coming forward. But with none of that stuff being out, there's, there's no real need to, to do it. Do they do stuff online? But you've seen a lot of uh, companies aren't release, releasing any trailers now, anything. So it's, you might as well keep quiet until we can start going to the cinema because there's many chats on, on when you can do that and when you can't. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And where that goes, there's no point putting out stuff, getting chatter, and then you have to remarket it again. So mm. as much as a trailer, I'm pretty sure a majority of these these places and, and studios would have all their trailers ready for the next 12 months or, or similar to close. Yeah. 
but there's no point releasing it at the moment because you build hype and then and then nothing comes from that. But again, tomorrow Marvel could release a trailer and I look like an idiot. So that won't be the <laughs> Well, it would be time. the perfect time. We're all sitting at home, aren't we? So you yeah. never know, never know. So I, I think um, you, know, you can't do these things online, I think is more also my point because there's, there's no real need. Uh, no. It would be good because you'd sit down for two or three hours. You could listen to, to a whole day's worth of stuff. But Comic-Con's not just about, especially San Diego's not just about Hall H. I think it is about everything else that encompasses the weekend. And I agree. You might as well just do a stream or a Twitch then and release all this information. So it's it's about all the other stuff. It's about the the other halls. It's about the artists there, the independent filmmakers. That's what really pushes it that on. As much as Disney and Marvel and, and your big studios play an important part, there's a lot more to that weekend anyway. So push it off and do it next year and where we go from there is is anyone's guess. Yeah, and while they're not having a, um, a digital event, um, no. Comic-Con, Gamescom, however, yeah. they have been officially cancelled, but they do have a digital event in the works. Okay. I guess the game industry has been working very differently from the film industry over this whole time yeah. so far. So I think something like uh, Gamescom, you know, advertising new games coming out in, well, whenever they, you know, being yeah. pushed back to or being released. So Gamescom on Friday just announced under certain circumstances they no, um, won't take place in Germany. And while they're disappointed, they're looking at a new digital event and for everyone to stay health, healthy and uh, all gamers worldwide, um, yeah, be ready. So, so, so when, yeah. when was Gamescom uh, supposed to be based? So I'm looking here, so it's August anyway. So where yeah. we're sitting now in April, June, July. Like, so it's a couple of months and obviously all these things take months and months of preparation to to execute and they're probably spending this is probably the last time you can do it to to cancel it's an interesting one so whether they do it online and everyone gets up and about and ready for that or i think we'll find out in the next couple of months but there's not going to be international travel for for a fair amount of time so that's i think that's fine to to cancel that one i think this year is just going to be written off for majority of these things and we just come back next year so as much as Gamescom could look to push it back and back or do it online, it might just be easier for everyone to to cut it cut it off now. But yeah, and with games, games you don't need yeah. to you don't really need to give a release date as you do with no. some films, especially MCU. You know, yeah. you can you can announce something and it might be coming out three years, four years. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Just to build the hype, that initial hype. And I think Gamescom, if they did go digital, might be a good way just to you know outsource and get some excitement just for a few games coming out yeah. at the end of this year, next year. Correct there. I think it's a it's a good one uh, as we, as we push on. But I think where, where those games come and yeah, and what gets announced, and they can chuck that sort of online. And anyway, if they're announcing a game coming out not that far down the line, uh, they can always obviously always push push that back. So, Mace, that's the end of today's news you've got. Or this week's yep. news. Yeah, there's yep, not much everything. out there, guys and, and girls. But if you have anything, um, again, remember to get in contact with the show at Screen Blend uh, on every good platform. We are now on Apple Podcasts, what is great. Finally it's been finally. approved. That's the, <laughs> the longest process. Uh, anyway, of all the podcasting sites to get that there, but everything, it's on all your good podcasting sites now. So get, please give us give us a follow. If you want to interact or any news that we have missed this week, please send it through and we can discuss on next week's show. Uh, from episode four, Jack, we obviously spoke about Ezra Miller. Not much has also come out from that at the moment. That's no. been quiet on this front in the last week. So for me, that is an, an interesting one. Probably their mode of letting this just fly slide. under the rug, slide it under there, sweep it there has sort of worked. <laughs> Whether it comes up again in, in a couple of months, 
but for DC, there's there's no point at the moment uh, moving too quickly on on those decisions. I would think right now. So we we push on Jack, and, and today's theme we wanted to sort of discuss a little bit is regarding James Bond. Obviously, yeah. Just in case but, you didn't get that from yeah. the beginning, yeah. <laughs> so now speaking about no time to die for a little bit, and, and where we expect that to go. Obviously, we're supposed to be out by now, earlier in the month. Where James Bond can go next, because we know this is Jan, uh, Daniel Craig's last Bond film. Yes. I would say there is zero to less than zero percent of a chance that he'll be back for a six movie. We know that. I'm surprised he came back for a fifth. He said he wanted to slash his wrist after, you know, doing the media. Well, if someone's slashing slashing your wrist with like between 20 and 50 million dollars to come back, I would happily slash my wrist for 20 or 50. (laughs) So, you know, give me a meal at the moment and I would happily come back and, you know, dang, I'm working on a movie and get paid a lot of money. So we'll discuss over these couple of things. So if you're listening to us right now uh podcast you're at home you're at work uh grab a notepad grab your notes on your phone or your or your laptop we, we're going to discuss today where we think james bond goes next in this movie and then uh we're going to pitch our next bond and pitch a story and how we want james bond to go to go next because over the years since he started in the, the 60s 70s and this character through the books he's had a lot of different incarnations especially this last bond compared to pierce brosman's bond and we're also going to discuss our, our favourite Bond and favourite Bond movies and, and moments. But I think the biggest thing is, is to sit there, guys, and as you're listening to us, sort of think where you'd take the James Bond franchise next. And again, comment that to us uh, on Twitter or on Instagram on our post where we put up regarding this week's podcast. We'll always ask you a question to get back in contact with us. So, Jake, do you want to kick us off? No time to die. Uh, where do you think this is going and how do you think Bond will end for this five movie arc? Yeah, so No no Time to Die, it's the 25th um, James Bond film all up and Craig's fifth film. Um, I think it is kind of seen as an ending point from looking at a lot of the media before coronavirus. A lot of them were saying it summarises, you know, all Craig's previous films into one, similar to how Spectre kind of encapsulated all the villains saying, you know, they were under the organization aspect yeah. even though it didn't kind of work unfortunately i think they're going to pull similar strings here they're relating it you know christopher waltz is coming back mm. as uh, blowfield um, yeah. from specter and as what he said in the previous film you know that's he's been in charge of like green and the chiffre from all yeah. the other films poor connections because it wasn't planned originally which it no. really should have been um it's very loose time uh and so i think they're going to kind of do a few more loose tie-ins just to kind of make this fifth Bond film tie up, you know, to Casino Royal, Quantum Solar, Skyfall, Inspector, and just kind of have a really good end point for Daniel Craig's Bond. Whether that's a happy ending, probably not a sad ending. It is James Bond's, you know, I don't very rarely do something bad or he never dies. So if they did go to that level, yeah. I think that would be a huge risk because um, once again, he could just be rebranded for the next one with a new actor. But whether that happens, I think... They won't, but uh, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? In so, I think the the thing with this bond is I could see a definitive ending to this this series because we've seen a five film or four film arc now coming into this fifth one. I think whatever happens, we'll just re uh, re up it and we'll start bond at, at another point. I think we'll we'll officially end this because I don't see the point in with everything being connected. They wouldn't have connected it, I think, if they didn't want it to have a def- definite ending. Because you, like you said, it was a very loose and it was like last minute. It's like, okay, we're going to connect all of this together now and say, 
it was all under the, uh, the the same organization and i have to say that was probably one of the most annoying things of that the fourth one and we know you know the, why that was though don't you you tell me jack um <laughs> Uh, the MGM didn't actually have the rights to the name Spectre from the previous oh. James Bond films until about, I think it was 2014, 2015, just before mm-hmm. Spectre came out. So Quantum in Quantum mm-hmm. of Solace was made as a replacement for Spectre. Oh. But then they got the rights to it just before Spectre. So then they made Spectre the actual organisation mm-hmm. rather than Quantum to be behind all the bad guys. Oh. Anyway, carry on, carry on. No, no that's good. Because yeah. I know obviously Bond has... A lot of it is down to the distribution and who wins the rights to to Bond because it is uh, open ended character in, in that respect. So, where we go from there, I think is going to be very interesting. And I think with it obviously being of these four movies, one's good, three's good, two and four aren't good. We're in line for a good one now. Yes, we are. Yeah, but the ending I think will just be an ending. There's no need to to get a side character to give them the the name of Bond. I think that would just end up feeling very Dark Knight Rises-ish that like at the end of the movie, someone else gets given the new 007 and everyone's like, oh my God. And we talk about it for months of, are they going to be the new Bond or is someone else? And then there's going to be fighting and all this stuff on the internet. So I would say we we end this here and I would expect more of no one wins out of a, a movie like this. And it's the end of this Daniel Craig Bond as, as we as we know it, so I don't know how the movie's going to play out and where Rami Malek's character comes in. I'm very happy that I stuck with her name a hundred percent. You mean she, Leshana Lynch? Yes. No? Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. The the one who she's you know she's no no not her. Um, oh, the Jimmy Les No, <laughs> Anna de Aremas. She's the one. For, oh, yes. 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 She's very good. Did you know? Yes, my latest she, crush. Yeah. Um, yes. She's dating Ben Affleck. I know. I know. Lucky guy. Yeah. Ridiculous. wonder how he gets all, <laughs> uh, gets yeah, all the women. No wonder he left Ghana. Yeah. Yeah. Because, wow. Yeah. But she's only 31. So there's a chance for us, Jack. There's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> there's a chance. Ben, Ben's 47. Okay. That's not too bad. But, yeah, she's, she's very good. Very good actress. Um, yeah, she's on the rise after night, night, you know, knives out and all that. She's her career is slowly going up. So, and again, I don't think someone like her though at this point could lead a franchise after because she's a she's another agent. So there's obviously a lot of a lot of those. Well, things. actually, um, I think yeah. So she's a CI agent, mm. and then you've got um, Les Lashana, I believe her name is. She's actually the double O agent in the film. Yes. So whether that's, I think that's sparked a lot of rumours as in whether she will be the next double O taking over Daniel Craig as, you know, new black female Bond um, going into the future. I've got a sneaking suspicion on her though, is she'll die early. I've got a suspicion because I think the whole point of that is, or she will be uh, an agent with Bond in this. But when everyone came and they're like, oh my God, they've announced another 007. That is... It is also just the name, so so I do agree agree with that. But I think there'll be a, a moment in the film where that's why, like, her and Bond will work together at some point, and then she will sacrifice herself for Bond. That will create a lot of uh, airwaves around the world. But I, I've got something like that. Is they're, they're going to have to do something to something like that? I think. But it's an interesting one wherever we go um, from here. So that's that's probably my my thoughts at the moment. Will happen. She she won't be there by the end of the movie. 
That's my hot Interesting. take. Interesting. Hot take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think, you know, I love Rami Malek, you know, but yeah. he's, you know, come quite far now, especially since uh, his big Queen movie. Um, but he's playing Safin. And there's also more rumours on the flame. I'm not sure if you've heard of this rumour, that he is playing Dr. No, hence the name No Time to Die. Yeah. Using No in the title, he's uh, actually yeah. playing the first very original villain from the 1962, Dr. No. Yeah. So it's kind of bringing the end to the beginning if they do approach approach it like that. But, yeah. I think yeah, in the, the I feel like that is a very typical sort of bond thing that's been going on though is everything will come back so it's like these five have used moments of the other movies from before mm. to, to bring it into one and that's why i think in the end you just have to uh once these five finish you just have to sort of start again and yeah, yeah. and go from there it's a interesting one though because why do we have to lie especially in a bond movie i think especially the last one because everyone knew what it what it was but it's like mm. i'm not waiting like it's, it's not gonna be like oh my god i'm not gonna sit in the cinema and be like oh my god it's dr no oh my god like yeah yeah so just tell us I like i don't need to i don't need to always be lying about this now maybe he's not the character so yeah maybe it, he's not maybe he's not that's and, fine and there's no and then if you lie about it and say he is then he isn't people are gonna go oh my god but i but in the remember in Spectre, you know, they said Christopher Waltz was Franz Oberhauser yeah. when he turned out to be, you know, the biggest James Bond bad guy of Blowfield in the series. So you might pull, you know, Star Trek as well. You know, Khan, they oh, said yeah. it's just a normal John or yeah, yeah. John Doe or whatever it is. So yeah, I think yeah. in the end, all this stuff is just explained to the, the audience and don't make them feel like an idiot sometimes and try and mm. smash this major reveal because if you don't reveal it that big. But I also have to say is like, Obviously, a lot of James Bond people know who Dr. No is, like your main fans. But still, your casual audience who may have seen Dr. No, again, obviously, this is a 60s film, but may have watched it in the last 10 years or picked up a James Bond movie and watched it. I don't think that many people are going to be like, oh, my God, touch their friend on the side and go, oh, my God, it's Dr. No. Like, it's Dr. No. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And when they try and do some big reveal and go, actually, my name is this, it's like people are just going to go, okay, cool, let's continue the story. So why do mm -hmm. you have to lie about his name? Unless he's like his other long-lost brother or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, yeah. He's got no, like, who's Safin? Like, a, a nasty piece of work he's described as. It's like, okay, yeah. here we go. It's such like, a generic name too, isn't it? Safin. Yeah. Oh, okay it's going to be some uh, acronym or something to yes yeah it probably will be move on like yeah. that so i've got no i've got no idea what's going on so where we go from there i'm not sure but i'm i'm yeah. also interested to all these side piece characters and, and how they play into it and and move along but also this movie's gonna have to like, let me just go back so this costs 250 million so where's Where's the last one? So I'm just trying to find James Bond series and have a look at the other ones. Because what are you thinking this should make? Um, this new James Bond film, I think, as you said, you know, they lost about $30 million rebranding it due to the coronavirus. But I think on a budget of $250 million, I think it won't make Skyfall numbers, um, but I think it will make similar to Spectre's numbers. Because yeah. Spectre was on a very similar budget of about 245 million. It made 880 million yeah. during its run. 
So I feel like, you know, spec, um, Skyfall went over a billion. I think that was just, yeah, one, just a fantastic one. movie and it deserves it. Uh, but if it's on a similar level to Spectre with the hype as well coming out of that last film, I think it will go for very similar, about 900 million. Well, I think you see the things with Bonds are, again, like any, any movie, like it's going to get a couple of rewatches. But a lot of it comes down to the fact that is this good or not? And you look at the differences between Skyfall and Spectre and straight up you see it's like, well, it's that extra reviewing that Skyfall has. So where it makes its money, is it's going to be interesting for me. So now, Jack, what's your, describe to me what your ideal Bond is or your previous favourite Bond for me. Well, my previous Bond has, you know, I've seen them all. Um, it's always changed and very, I think my perfect Bond, I think everyone loves Sean Connery because, yeah. you know, he was the first one in the role. But his kind of appearance, you know, how Ian Fleming originally described the Bond is, you know, quite suave, you know, black hair, very much how Sean Connery looked, at you know, in, at that time in the, you know, the late 60s, mid 60s. So someone with his kind of appearance mixed with Craig's kind of gruff and brutalness yeah. that he had across his arc in the James Bond. So yeah. a combination, I think, of Craig and Sean Connery's looks and charm. I think would make a really good James Bond. I mean, my favourite over the years, I've grown up with Pierce Brosnan and so you yeah. have as well. So I do, I did like Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. His films were not the strongest. I think Goldeneye no. was great, but the other three were quite weak. Um, you know, I love more. He was kind of the funny James Bond, you know, but I think in this modern day, you know, you can go for a few jokes, but to his Roger Moore's level, I think it's almost a bit outdated. Um, and then you've got Lazen B, he only was in one. He didn't really bring much, I didn't think, personally. No. And then there was Dalton, and he, he was good. He was quite serious Bond, and yeah. he was in some of the more, I don't know, gruesome, more serious movies in License to Kill and um, uh, Living Daylights. But, yeah, no, I'm hoping for a combination, a hybrid between uh, Connery and Craig. Yeah, I'd have to say you're pretty much spot on there. Just doing a bit of it, I think with... I've seen them all, but I can't really remember a lot of the other ones. And they all sort of mesh into to one for me or one or two films. So, you know, you, you remember key moments. But for us, is obviously watching that first sort of when you watch Goldeneye when you were, say, 10, 11 or 12 and you, you got the, you're going to say VHS or DVD? Let's say. Yeah, VHS, VHS. Let's say the VHS there. then. And, and you're watching Goldeneye for the first time and you're like, wow, this is, this is an unreal movie. Like, this is cool. It's obviously your childhood is around these sort of these characters and this sort of quirky, but I feel like Pierce Brosnan's goes from sort of like a little serious to very quirky by the end and like mm. really, really weird. But even just looking at the money they make, Lee Pierce Brosnan made 16 million for Die Another Day. 16 million. Not, not bad at all. But I think so I also I forget. Para sliding, yeah, yeah. gliding over icebergs, yeah. So I also forget, and I think sometimes this is where this sort of time is, but Casino Royale was 2006. So, again, we're talking like uh, Mission Impossible 3 time. But Die Another Day was 2002. So, it's a massive change in how that character, over two or three years, how, how they pushed and, and went in different directions. And we obviously weren't as, pardon me, around when Daniel Craig was announced as, as James Bond. Like, we were obviously here, but it wasn't as much as news for us. We had no idea who the guy was. But and I, I think my favourite is, is, a, is a Daniel Craig with a spin of your 
uh, where are we looking here? Like, so I think you look at it from like, a, like you said, a Sean Connery gives a different type of bond though. And then, yeah, like a little modern day sort of Brosnan with some weird gadgets sort of thing. And then you get your Daniel Craig, what's that seriousness? But I think they all don't also mesh. So all of them have had their own types and mm. uh, well, the word, like their own themes sort of connected with them. And we've never really seen a Bond like Daniel Craig's where it is an overarching story. And I prefer from the next Bond as we get away from that. And it's like, I come in and I watch a movie for two hours and have my own, and we'll talk about that later, uh, my own sort of spin on things uh, that way. Mm. So... Yeah, because I, I think that's the way they saw Craig's, uh, you know, Craig's James Bond movie that is kind of developing from Brosnan's yeah. and the previous ones is the fact yeah. they did have an arc. Yeah, you know, it did have a proper love interest, and that other uh, story kind of did carry across this many films. And you know, not many people will even like Craig when he first became James Bond because he was no. blonde, and you know, and some of them didn't like his movie. So it wasn't until Casino Royale people was like, yeah, he's pretty good actually. Well, I think yeah, that's that's it now. So and, and where it goes and and where it goes from there is. Next is for me is the interesting thing. So this is what I want to get into, Jack. So now is you're pitching a new James Bond to us mm-hmm. to the studio because fifth one, No Time to Die is out now. It's finished. We're pres- both presuming that 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 is now done. That James Bond is done. Now, do you mm-hmm. continue with that that story and arc with a different person taking over the mantle of Bond, or do you? pitch a whole new story to the studio. You're trying to win the rights as maybe director or a producer of James Bond. I've got a couple of notes on where I think we, we should go, but hit me with yours now. I think you find a happy balance between, you definitely do not continue the story of Craig's arc. That's that's that. Yeah. You throw that in the bin. But you do, I, I think what the story, you know, with the success of MCU and stuff, I think people do like those kind of lingering plot threads across films. Yeah. I think Bond should have, each film should go back to a very much individual plot line and, yeah. you know, still have some lingering threads to bigger things and maybe leading on to another, another, you know, movie in the future. Uh, but yeah, I think at the same time, they should plan ahead. They shouldn't yeah. just go and wing it like, you know, they have with this, these five films in terms of connecting them, have a long-term plan like the MCU, plan out the films, get the new James Bond in a proper contract. Now he's yeah. going to come back for, you know, four, five, six films and very meticulously plan out a good, solid individual storyline with maybe some very side nods to future films in it and keep it at that because that's what we've watched for the, you know, before Craig, the last, you know, yeah. 20 Bond films was pretty much that yeah. and keep it that with a few lingering threads. So I'm looking at, at this if I'm pitching it to, to a studio now. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at the element of, again, we don't continue, we, we start afresh. But it can't be an origin. I, I want to bring back the we're watching a story. And I, and I think, and tell me if I'm wrong here, and, and I've enjoyed these last Bonds, but I think what makes Bonds great, and I think this is what Mission Impossible, as we spoke about in the last episode, shameless plug, um, <laughs> that I like sometimes the aspect of what I liked about Bond was he's, he's one man basically saving the world. Yeah. In, like there's there's a world altering threat that's always weird it's like someone's trying to blow up new york or someone's trying to rob you know like something ridiculous someone's in space or some some crap but bond <laughs> is this one man effectively he doesn't have a team as much like the teams at the start before when the, he's getting ready for this mission and he gets all his gadgets and then he goes off and it's bond it's just him yeah now maybe there's one or two other people helping him in, in certain moments 
but this is about him solving this this crime or, or mission. It's not as much of a detective. It's more of just brute force going in, uh, trying to sort this stuff out with weird gadgets. So I'd be looking at not an origin story. And we sort of just dropped in to, to Bond. Yeah. And we're, we're there. And again, whether it's a, a smaller villain or, or someone, maybe you could also just throw us a... Sort of looking at it from a perspective too, is like Bond has his rogues gallery. So similar to like a Batman and all comic book characters do. So again, you don't want to use your Joker using the analogy of like Batman too early, but mm-hmm. you have a sort of side villain, have a quest that Bond has to get through and then can set up some other, some sort of larger villains down the line and give us Easter eggs. And I'd like a through, like you said, sort of like a semi through line, but I also want to get into a movie and not have to have watched what happened before. So I can have yeah, like, yeah. it's really succinct. Whereas I think this last one with Spectre was like, you could have not seen the other ones, but then the payoff uh, when it said that they're overseeing and over arc of everything doesn't really resonate as much if you hadn't seen mm-hmm. the other movies. And I think that's why Casino Royale and Skyfall work so well, so because well, while yeah. they did have that connective tissue, they were very much their own film until you kind of watch Spectre. Yeah, and, and then it's like, oh, no. Yeah, and that's what I think annoys me about Spectre as much is mm. you're sort of retconning certain moments of two, of two very good films. Now, you mm. could have retconned Quantum of Solace and made it feel, and then I, I would have been like, oh, okay, that's fair. Like, okay. But now you sort of retconned a couple of my favourite movies, but I'd be looking at uh, an actor... Again, like you're saying, you want to lock into five or six films. So you're nearly going to have to find someone up and coming. Now, Dad and I were talking about this before. You don't want to go too young also where you're getting, say, uh, Tyrone Egerton sort of character and then you're turning it into a bit of Kingsman because Kingsman's story is already done. And you don't want to push too much Mission Impossible though. So you've got to find that niche. And I'd like to see uh, a sort of blend of realism but with sort of what Mission Impossible brings in and sort of like cool gadgets but Bond yeah. having to sort this out. So you don't have those other secondary characters to, to help or have someone looking in the sky as sort of like a Benji character does in, in Mission Impossible. This is just about Bond and his three or four different gadgets that, that he's got. So I'm looking someone in his early 30s, big enough name, but probably a B-list character. So we'll go into some other um, actors that we've had named previously that could be touted as next Bonds. But I think if you got, say, Tom Hiddleston, you're already going to have to pay four, five, six, seven, eight million dollars. And not mm. that Tom's not a, a good person, but I would say he's already. How old is Tom Hiddleston? Not actually, so he's hitting 40 now, 39. So he's, for me, is probably five, six, seven years too old when yeah. you're looking at putting out, let's say, your point even is five movies. You want five movies out of this guy every three years you can only be having his last movie in his mid forties. So it's got to be sort of like 50 could nearly be his max age. So yeah, that's and- that's where I'd be looking at and sort of mixing. I want to come back to the moments where there's bonds tied up and there's like a laser coming and all these <laughs> different things, you know, but like, yeah. I want to get, I want to get, all, finger. Mm. yeah. I want to get moments where I just go, God, that's so dumb, but it's bond. Like, and so yeah. this world of what this espionage life is, we don't need the black and gritty and too over the top, but I wanted like an element of it. And it's probably a fine line to have. So an element between Casino Royale of Grounded and Darnella Day, which is just silly laser beams coming from yeah. the sky. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think, but I, I want to see Bond 
yeah, <coughs> he gets a plan and I'm like, God, this is absolutely ridiculous. So how is he going to get out of this? And I think more just the realism comes from realistic fights and gun fights where it's not just people going and somehow Bond doesn't get hit. But I want some some good action and, and there's probably too much to ask for uh, in, in, no, in a way. What do you want about? So, but we get to we get to pitch it, and and I just think you've got to go with a sort of a younger actor. Now, obviously, a lot of people have been saying female bonds and and things, and this color of their skin does not not matter, obviously, because I think the character of Bond that is written about in in the books, I think he has to be a man. So oh, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's my opinion of it. That's not like a sexist thing to say that his character, his tropes, and his what makes James Bond James Bond is male. Now, yeah, it's not, not like something like Ghostbusters, you know, you yeah. can add an old yes. female cast. So yeah. you have a character that is written, he is a male. Now, the colour of skin does not matter, but and, and but I also don't want them just to pick like a black actor or an Asian actor for the sake of picking it. You want the yeah. you want the you want the best actor for it, but it has to be the actor then has to portray what one the studio wants, but also the character traits of a James Bond. And that's like you were saying before, black hair, tall. He is the tall, dark and handsome. He is the, hmm. the suave. He comes into the room and he's the smartest. He's sort of also Bond for me is like a, uh, a Bruce Wayne type. Comes in, he's 6'4", hmm. like, he's beer, like he, he looks good in a suit or a tux. Yeah, he's Bruce Wayne with a British accent. Yeah. Fight without yeah. Suit. yeah. yeah. And, he, and he doesn't have an alter ego effectively. That's, he comes hmm. in and that's who he is. And he comes into that room and everyone sort of looks and turns and that's who, that's what I want to see. And again, people have spoken about even Hugh Jackman type actors and stuff back in the day. He could have also played good James Bonds, but where, where we go next. And I think like a younger actor that can push this character into time. Now it's also hard signing. Like you would all know you're signing up someone for four or five films because that first one is important because if it doesn't stick, then you're stuffed. Contract's gone. Yeah. So that, that's where I, that's where I would push uh, for, and I'd like to see a Q character or someone, and that's probably where you can then play with different types and and, and stereotypes of people's Q, making him a little different, or you could have a number of Qs and what sort of M character is there, and, and all that sort of stuff as as we push into the next uh, type of James Bond. So um, thoughts on that, Jack, and, and where they could go? Yeah, so really from there, I think it's, you know, from where they should go, I've been into a little bit about that. I think we should almost go into who are some contenders for the next Bond. Yeah. And who you think as well might actually be a really good fit. Yeah. So I know a lot of people have been, a lot of Bonds have been kind of pitched across the years, especially even since Craig started in 06. Um, but a lot of those people who are even pitched in 2006, you know, he's been doing this, you know, for a very long time now. And a lot of the James Bonds have you know, kind of gotten a bit old now yeah. from their, you know, original picks. And, you know, uh, I think uh, Roger Moore was about, what, 55, 56 yeah. when he was doing his final one. So there is a bit of time if they stick to a really tight schedule of actually coming and producing these movies. Whereas Craig's, you know, he's had one four years apart, one six yeah. years apart. There's nothing continuous. So he's actually getting quite old quite fast based on, you know, the very long time it's taken to produce his films. So if they do plan something out and they do really stick to some really good release dates, three years apart, like you said, maybe two, if they can get something fast-tracked um, of quality. Uh, so I think 
I'm not sure about you, but I thought Michael B. Jordan is a good yeah. pick. Yes, yes, he's he. But I think you know he's up and coming, and I think he's a fantastic actor. You know, Black Panther. Yeah, not fantastic for, but he's still. <laughs> but I think the thing is, you're picking a, just a good actor, and so Michael B. Jordan fits my mold of 33. So by the first time his movie comes out, so maybe he's one or two years older, but you'd be saying he's probably 36 to, to 37 when a new Bond comes out. What and he he looks young, so he's got a young look about him. So yeah, he's a, yeah. I would also say that's that's a very very good pick. Mm, and then I think there's a few others like everyone says Michael Fassbender as well, but I think I'm Fassbender's sure. too old. Yes, I, I agree. I think he's kind of yeah moving on on the age, unfortunately. Which I, I think um, this is the thing is. Fassbender and, and you look at all the Bonds, he's sort of like similar to when you get a new Batman or you get a new Superman, etc. is you're signing someone who can do four, five, six movies. Now, I think Fassbender would probably jump at the, the chance to take a five-picture mm. deal. But also a lot of these actors don't want to be locked in when they're in their mid-40s to have to do all these stunts. And I think the thing that makes Bond, what I want to see from a new Bond is someone who's doing their own stunts and, and stuff like that. So... By the time he starts, he's not going to be 47. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same with Idris Elba as well. You know, he's well on his way now. And I think he would have made a really good one, but he's 45 now. Maybe, you know, 10 years ago, fantastic. But 45, you know, if the movies take 15 years with two years in between, he's going to be pushing 60s. And that's just not going to work. No. So So, there's other names like Richard Madden is an interesting one. Obviously British. see that. And... 33 gives you that sort of idea of what Bond is at. Mm. Uh, so th- this is also an interesting one for me. Richard Madden is only 177, 177 centimetres tall. It's like an oh. I thought it was like a, you <laughs> know. Like, no, I don't, I'm kind of very <laughs> But, you know, when you think of someone, you go, he's probably like 6'2", six 6'3". Six yeah, yeah. He's like 5'10". Yeah, I could kind of see that. I watched The Bodyguard. He, yeah. he looked a bit shorter than some of his castmates. But, uh, yeah, but I just think you just don't don't expect that from him. Uh, no, no. A very good actor. British also sits that that British line. Mm. So we we well, you know who my number one would be. Who? You can probably guess. I think I people are going to judge me on this, but I really think Henry Cavill. He's perfect age. He's got the accent. He's got the build. He's got the height. I, th- you know, I think he's more than willing to do it from what I've heard from interviews. I think he, you know, hasn't really been, obviously nothing, none of this has been announced, but I think he's probably would make a pretty good lead. I think, what do you think? I think he is the definition of it. That for me mm. is what a Bond looks like. And I also think that's what the, they were going for with a Pierce Brosnan type in, in the mid nineties. And that's what mm. they were looking for in that type of character, because I think that sort of person fits the bill. And I guess at the moment, Superman is probably not happening. So for an actor like him to, to tie himself to another franchise for the next 10 to 15 years would be smart. We know but The Witcher we... apparently might actually interfere with that because that's done very well. So that's yeah. already going into its production for second season. So, and, and where we know the next production types go of anything at the moment is, yeah. is weird anyway. But for, for a British actor, I think he is... He is the number one. Now, again, we talk about pay packets and someone like him would be demanding five, 10 mil straight up for a movie. Mm. What again is, I'm sure when you're 
what's the difference between 200 and 210 million if you get the for right Craig. actor? Yeah, or for, yeah. for Henry <laughs> well, Craig, well, Craig was on 60 mil or something, yeah. 60 to 100 mil for this new one alone. Mm. So 10 mil is nothing yeah. for a new actor. Oh, but, oh, but over time, as if his 10 goes mm. to the next films, 20, next films, 30, 40, yeah. there is a bit of money in that, but he does automatically. Whereas I'm looking at a couple of the other names here and bouncing around a couple of, couple of different articles. Now, obviously, like Nicholas Holt is, a, is an option. Obviously, he just left, missed out on Batman, and I feel like he's more of a Bond-looking person. But I think, I see now I'm looking at this one, is Harry Styles as Bond. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe not. Skip that one, I reckon. Uh, and then, like, there's... I think the biggest problem is a lot of these actors that they're talking about and ones who would be outstanding for it are in their 40s. And that's mm. why I think that's where Henry Cavill at least, but this is where you have to get someone soon after this one's yes. done. Like we're announcing we're in production. The new bond's going to be in 2023, 2024. Mm. And that person's out there and we're, and you know what guys, we're already preparing the next one for two years later and the one after that for two years later. And where you go from there is I think anyone's guess because mm. Well, uh, I mean, Nicholas yeah. Holt is probably one who. How old is Nicholas Holt though? Because I feel like he's actually older than I'd I. I think he's about our age, isn't he? He's He's thirty. He's thirty. Thirty. Ah, oh, thirty. Sorry. Yeah. So they may look at someone like him to to play that role because at thirty three, when the first one comes out, thirty four, he is a bit younger. Mm. And a Henry Cavill now, who would be thirty eight. But I think Cavill's your number one pick. But again, can you build an actor up? Because does everyone then see Henry Cavill, not James Bond? Mm. Or and and how does that how does that work? But I, I presume Superman's not coming back as as we know it. So yeah. someone like him, mm. he's got The Witcher. But what what other character does it does move on? Uh, mm. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not sure about this. What you think? But they just go with someone unknown. I mean, a lot of the Bonds, you know, weren't entirely well known. They had a bit of few films yeah. or television shows behind their back before they started but if they just get someone from you know pluck them out and pluck them out and just get someone new yeah the role. i think actually the one person who would be my next pick despite him being batman now is robert pattinson okay okay british also uh six three has that sort of look that i think the thing with cavill is too and maybe he can lose a little bit of weight, but he's so big like you're expecting, he's going to walk into a room. He is what I suspect from a Bond, but also it's like, okay, well, I know he, like there's no henchman can beat him up. Whereas mm. like Daniel Craig and there's moments where you go like Dave Batista's fighting him or whatever. And you go like, how's yeah, he yeah. out of this? Whereas like it's Batista versus Superman. I'm like, okay, I'm sort of expecting Cavill to get out of this one where I think, and I sort of feel for a Nicholas Holt because I presume now he is going to be playing off Robert Pattinson for roles for the next 10 to 15 years. And he's already <laughs> lost one of them being Batman. But, but again, I don't think Pattinson will be Batman and Bond. There is, that is too hard to organize that sort of stuff. So but I think he's also an, an actor with great uh, gravitas. I'm going to throw mm-hmm. some words out there like yeah, that, yeah. but I think he's a thesaurus again. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But as an English <laughs> actor, I think they have to go English though. And you're probably going yeah. to have more oh. of your, your generic look. And I think that's the only thing playing against Michael B. Jordan is he is American. So, yes. and people are very strict on that. And if people are going to be strict on, they shouldn't have to be the skin color. I think they'll also be go, well, why aren't we picking a British, British, mm. uh, 
Black man to, to play the role. Where you use your female characters is fine, but I think this is Bond has to be has to be like this. Yeah, I think they're fine making British characters, you know, with an American accent, you know, like Tom yeah. Holland and Spider Man or something. But yeah. getting an American to be a player British character, yeah, I think actually might be a bigger deal. Yeah. So where where do you sit on Tom Holland in something like this? Uh, to be honest. He's a little young. He's a little baby faced. I think yeah. push, you know, because Bond's character, you know, is always, you know, kind of meant to be 40, you know, 30, 40. Yeah. So I give him, you know, give him a decade and he might be right for the part. But yeah. for the time being, I think he yeah, just needs to, you know, continue his film career. He's, you know, like we said, he's doing Uncharted, you know, which is fine because he's, you know, younger. So he's going to be type, you know, he's going to be typecast into all these origin stories. You know, if he if he does over the next ten years, so I'd say maybe in maybe in the future, but I think yeah. definitely not for the time being. Too yeah, long. yeah, you think he is, and he, and if they, I can also see them. What I think he won't do because he's already got his two franchises, hopefully being Uncharted and Spider Man that he'll play. He could play Peter Parker until he's forty, etc. <laughs> but I can also see a, a studio going like, you know what, Tom Holland, big name. Let's do the young Bond. Like, let's go real young. Mm. Like, let's go him in in spy school. Effectively, the set. Like, let's get him as just a. It's going to be. Um, I've said it earlier. Bloody Kingsman. It's going to be like a king. Yeah, that's. The, and I can just see a, I can just see a studio going like, well, if we sign up Tom Holland to nine films, like, let's just give him. No, but you know, like how studios work. Mm. They'll go. Yeah, yeah, nine, yeah. nine films. He'll be twenty eight by the first, twenty seven by the first one, and he's a bankable action star. And then if it doesn't work, they go with something else. I don't think it's the right option, but I can also see a studio 100% going with something like that. And they go, okay, we're going with Tom Holland as James Bond. And I'd be like, oh, okay, here we bloody go. Like, mm. Yeah, I don't, think, I, I don't think they should do an origin story, like you said, no. though, because Casino Royale, even at the beginning, was kind of an origin story. You know, it was yeah. meant to be his first mission, how he got the ranking at that, those first you know, initial minutes. Yeah. No, I think, like you said, if any of these bonds are going to come up to, and stand up to the role, I think they will have to just, you know, like all the other bonds, not have, not have an origin story, just be halfway through a mission at yeah. the beginning. You know, they're halfway through their tenure as 007 agent yeah. and nothing more than that. No, and I think that's that cold open where we just jump in and, like, Again, I think actually the most perfect James Bond's movies in the last couple of years are the Mission Impossible, last couple of Mission Impossible movies. So I know it's hard for people to say, but I, I think that is sort of the idea of what I'm looking for from a James Bond minus all of the supporting characters and more about hmm. the main ones. So um, where do we go to next, Max, for the rest of the pod? I think we've, we've nailed it. I think the big thing is everyone to send through your, your picks um, of Bond and we'll put a couple of things up on our Instagram. Uh, and our our Facebook also check on there check the website but Mace anything else to, to end today with um well apart from those recommendations you know I'll just throw yeah. Tom Hardy's name into the mix but I do yeah. think he's getting a bit old but we'll move on from there for now and I think um it, well I think that's all the kind of the bond topic we want to kind of discuss today I mean we're happy to go into some rankings in the future I'm yeah. more than happy to do that I uh, think but, we'll, we'll revisit Bond when No Time to Die gets told to yes. when, when it's coming out. So I think we'll look into that a, a little bit more. But where, have you been watching anything this week, Mace, in our uh, recommendations? Uh, yeah, so for recommendations this week, I watched uh, – I will actually I might give a shout-out to The Witcher, seeing mm-hmm. I mentioned it before. That was a really – have you watched it? No, I have not yet. Okay, it's very – you know, it's kind of very fantasy – 
Um, everyone comparing it to Game of Thrones, and while it's similar to that, it's not quite like that. You know, based off the video games, it's yeah. quite good. It starts off slow. You need to watch yeah. the first three episodes, and then once again, you know, the last four or whatnot will yeah. actually be quite good. Uh, and it, from the looks of it, you know, it's what Netflix's highest watch show, so it'll be yeah. going on for a couple of years. I think it's worth getting aboard, at least just give watching a season. And yeah. if you like it, you like it. If you like fantasy, it's right up your alley. You'll probably love it. Mm. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I had to get past the first, you know, couple of episodes before I was warmed up to, yeah. you know, him as uh, Geralt and whatnot. But no, definitely recommend. And I watched Escape Room for, for movies. Oh, that's too so, scary. I uh, see. That's the thing. It's not scary. It's just if you can't, if these characters in the movie can't get out of the escape room, they die. <laughs> not really scary. It's just pretty drastic consequences if you don't think on your feet. Um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't probably recommend it. It's if you like a horror film and you're looking for something that doesn't involve a serial killer, yeah, and just people getting kind of slowly dying room by room. Um, you know, in something we've all played of an escape room. Yeah. Maybe give it a watch. You know, it's free on um, stand right now. So yeah, yeah. I would maybe give it a maybe five out of ten. But okay. if that's up your alley. Yeah, why not? No. So I finished this morning was so my treadmill show that I've been using for the last week or two. Temple, what I spoke about on I think episode oh, yes. two or three. So interesting. Again, we've spoken about previously some of the better shows that are actually lying around on uh, for us Australians, 7, 9, 10 and SBS and even ABC's uh, on-demand uh, platforms. So there's some good shows on there. So I finished that. The only thing that disappointed me was, again, the typical sort of, it felt like a typical ending to a show that wasn't moving that way and they didn't know the concept is very good, but they didn't know how to end of the season. And I think that uh-huh. was, I sort of, you could sort of tell where it was going and it was a bit of a pain in the ass in that respect. So I did really enjoy it, but I think it's nothing to say don't watch it because I think it's also a very easable binge watch of a show, but I probably was just more disappointed with the last, you know how many shows were, the last five minutes of a season. Mm. Whether it again, for a season two? Uh, let me have a look. Uh, Temple. Yeah, if it has. Uh, yeah, like I said, I did see it advertised everywhere. So, you know, it must so, have a pretty big budget. Uh very new so episodes released at the end of 2019 when it was doesn't look like on February 13 it was announced that premiere on the US no so nothing's been announced regarding season two just yet premiered in the UK and uh, premiered this year in the United States not a lot of information on it uh, actually so no, it's an interesting uh, interesting watch again where where we push on from there uh also i started watching and i think one thing that i, I want to go in with you a little bit of a, a look into is dad and i started watching yesterday uh one of the avengers cartoons i think it's avengers assemble so looks like uh, it's from 2013 and it was released ended in 2019 on disney plus so i think we're gonna do a bit of a deep dive into into disney at some point, there's a lot of stuff on there, but it looks like that show's got around 115, 120 episodes over five seasons. Oh, wow. So I feel like that's just going to be a, a background watch and just watch it from there, like a pretty easy easy thing to to watch. Surprisingly, a lot of known or like probably B, C list actors voicing the cast. So that was, uh, also when you're listening to it, I'm like, God, that 
that voice sounds familiar. Like and then John DiMaggio. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You check the the wiki, and I'm like, oh my god, I know that guy. He's this guy in this other show. So mm. no, nah, it was um, that's an interesting watch, and I I enjoyed uh, one or two episodes of that last night, and I reckon it's just the sort of perfect sort of background show. Also, if anyone wants a sort of Avengers fix at the moment, when there's no Marvel MCU stuff coming out, Disney Plus has a lot of good stuff like that. So. I need to watch a couple of other movies this week. I'd also recommend to anyone last year, especially in Australia, last year's, uh, although this year's, sorry, Oscar winner Parasite is now on stand. So I've had yes, a couple of people. I made my parents watch it last night. Oh, what did they think? <laughs> uh, they thought it was worth a watch. I think a lot of, I don't know. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things that looks like a normal film and then you know it gets that halfway point and something you would have yeah. ever never expected happens yeah. but i think and that's kind of what you know they were a bit unsure of but i think overall they enjoyed it yeah yeah i think it's one of those hard ones because some people take these movies and just look at it from face value and there's nothing wrong with that or then some people watch a movie like parasite and i think i'm a bit in between both and they go like oh my god there's so much symbolism and so much like you know they watch it from like an extra perspective yeah i think i enjoyed yeah. it the second time i watched it though because i understood a lot more about it and the nuances that make the movie so good. And I think there's a fair It's good few because movies. it's different. I think yes. that's why, you know. And, and I think there's a couple of movies, and this is probably another topic for another time. It's like movies that get better on their second viewing and you have more of an understanding of it because you sort of just, I found with Parasite, the first time I watched it, I was like very stressed because I didn't know what was going to, like not that I want to know what's happening, but I was waiting for, for moments. And I think like Get Out, Jordan Peele's first movie was very similar. When you watch it the second time, a lot of it makes sense and mm. you go like, Oh mm. no shit. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then you sort of appreciate the filmmaking on a higher level because you go, how have they been thinking about that the whole time to get that mm. to that point? So that for me that is what sense. I found um, interesting, but I think that's the end of the pod today. Most. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's everything. We hope you enjoyed. Yeah. All yeah. the, the, the bond so, chat. So I think as always, Jack, um, again, everyone can get in touch with us at screenblend.net check out any latest information also regarding the pod and some movie news tv and games with what's going on uh they can check out you at jack underscore mason 22 is that correct thank you well yeah i won't stuff it up this time but yes that is correct well done Got it. <laughs> me will be cut on every social media platform and check us out again as i always say to everyone in this time is listen to the podcast but also stay safe uh support as many people as you possibly can and support your families in these moments wash your hands and yeah, just look after yourself and stay sane and get in contact with us uh, regarding anything. So tell us who you think your favorite Bond is, where Bond should go next, maybe just a couple of dot points. Uh, check out our Instagram page and wherever, give us a follow, give us a rating. Uh, now we're on Apple Podcasts. So it's pretty easy, you know, five Overcast. Mm. Yeah, Overcast, five stars. Five stars, I think is pretty, pretty good. Doesn't hurt you. Yeah, 15 seconds out of your day. Uh, you're listening to us, chuck us a five and just... Give us a comment and then we'll read out the, the best comments or the only comments. The one that, <laughs> I presume. Or zero. Or zero. But I think, you know what, Nan will, pop, Nan will write a comment, et cetera. So we'll go from there. But Mace, um, pleasure as always. What are we looking at touching on next week so everyone can get sort of a little bit up to date and maybe maybe also watch some of the movies? What are we touching on next, next week? So uh, Fast and Furious will be our next big look at, a big yeah. feature. And all of them are on Netflix as well for people to kind of watch them between now and the next podcast. So you can kind of keep a good understanding of what we'll be talking about. Perfect. And there's, there's a lot of things like this bond is where Fast and the Furious goes, goes next. And 
uh, what planet it goes to. So again, everyone, yeah. thank you very much for listening to today's episode uh, yes. and we'll be back with you soon. Ta-da. All right, thanks guys. Bye.